before we even start today, what did I just? What do they call those things? Those dumpling things? They call them dumplings. They, that's what they call. Them? Yeah, they're really good. Yeah, and I've been telling you for they're years. They're like all different little containers. They'll be in a dim sum sort of setup. That you know the the official dumpling dim sum sponsor of Risk Social Media is Nomois Tea Parlor. Damn good. Yeah. So that's why we're a little late. That's yeah, my fault because I was chewing down. Now I love when people eat dumplings like they use to. Ch- I, I use why? your fingers. Of course, your fingers. You do. Yeah. Because. It's but either it's hard one... to do that with a soup dumpling, which you also had a soup dumpling. Why is that hard? Well, you know how they get the soup in the dumpling, in the, in the noodle? You know how they do it? They inject it. Well, or they put gelatin in there, and then when you heat it up, it comes becomes wow. soup. Bro, brilliant. So, sorry, Amanda. Yeah. This was... is Market Call. It is. It's Thursday, August 3rd. It's yeah. 1 p.m. on the East Coast. Today's Market Call is brought to you by SoFi. Get your money right all in one app. And, of course, FactSet, Financial Data and Analytics. Powered by tomorrow. We're going to be joined in just a minute by Elizabeth Young of SoFi. She's out there east. I'm not going to tell you the town because I don't need you people stalking her. That's not cool. Not cool. And of course, Dan, if it's Thursday, it's what? Butters. If it's Thursdays, it's butters. It ain't margarine, bitch. It's butters. You can tell I'm in a bit of a mood. And the reasons why are this. And we're going to talk about all these things. First and foremost, the Mets go into Kansas City. Now, the Royals are arguably the worst team in Major League Baseball, and the Mets dropped the first two, which I love. <laughs> in about an hour or so, they're going to play game three. And all you Mets fans, oh, maybe we still have a chance. No. That's number one. Number two, the Yankees salvaged their third game last night at the stadium against Tampa Bay. We still got a puncher shot. But more importantly, all this bond market stuff is starting yeah. to come to fruition. You're and talking that's- about it a little bit. Yes, we have. We have been talking about it. Elizabeth has been talking about it as well. So now all of a sudden, you're going to start to hear more and more about not only the U.S. bond market, but the Japanese bond market. You're talking about Europe, what's going on in the ECB. A lot of strange things. Yesterday was an interesting day. Today, it's all about earnings after the bell. How are you, Dan Nathan? I'm doing well. You know, it's it's interesting, and I love it that the headline. So we have you know the ten year yield breaking out. It traded yeah point two percent today. Now, now it's not breaking out to new highs, but well, it's October out. I think we got to four and a quarter. Yeah, so it's breaking out you know above like a series of of lower highs mm-hmm. here. So it's in you know it's a whisper away from those fifty two so highs. I think word, we, it is whisper. Some people say uh, a whisker. A whisker. With, Have you ever heard that? Yeah, whisker, like a cat's whisker. I know, but by the two, way, Elizabeth's not here yet. She's a cat person. Yeah, she is. Which really she is, is a, a pr- it's problematic. Some would say a cat lady. Um, but one of the things I think is interesting. So we're above in the 10 year, we're above that March high, we're above that uh, early July high, you know, that that high going back to October when the market, the stock market was at its lows, mm-hmm. was four and a quarter. So I, I think it's also interesting that uh I guess on the X, that's the social media site formerly known as Twitter, well, it's Twitter. Uh, Bill Ackman of Pershing. Um, he talked about a trade that he has on. Okay, he's short treasuries. Um, and so thinking that yields are going higher. I do think his timing is always interesting. He does it right at like, like inflection points. Well, no, I actually think like when he was crying on CNBC that day in March, that of was 20, but it was a bit of an inflection. I, it point was the low. low. Yeah. Okay. So, that's so my, my point. point is, and he also said there was a Reuters article. We can maybe put it in the uh, show notes or here's a Bloomberg one. Um, you know, he's talking about how he does it with options, which makes sense. Fair okay. Enough. Um, I, I, I think he comes out when he knows that, 
the sentiment is, you know, quite possibly at a max sort of like I I personally don't think rates are going much higher. Here. So it's okay. interesting. So, so, what, so that's my point. So I, what you're saying yeah. is historic, and I'm with you on this. Like yeah. there have been a couple of times now where his presence or his, you know, putting something out there in the public domain has been a bit of a bell ring for these certain things. It was for the broader market, could potentially be for rates. We'll see. You might be right. Well, the point is he's well set up. He's already made yeah. his money. So now the point is get it out there, get everybody to say, oh, that billionaire is doing this. And then they go in and he's probably scaling out of it. That's my take. Fair and, enough. And I could be wrong. Well, but I mean, but it is a story without question. And I think it's been a story that now more and more people are getting arms around. And if, in fact, it is a bell ring, yeah. you know what? That would actually augur well for the broader market because I think a lot of the sell-off yesterday in the broader market was predicated on not Bill Ackman, but these moving yields. Correct. So we'll see. But, I mean, Bank of America, reversed recession call on strong jobs and spending. Their CEO, I mean, again, now you got people saying, you know, maybe we're going to revert this. Maybe we're going to skate through it. We'll see what happens. Jamie Dimon says the U.S. downgrade by Fitch was ridiculous. Warren Buffett talked about there are a lot of things to worry about. Fitch downgrading U.S. debt is not one of them. I, I agree to a certain point. But if you think about it, although Fitch's timing was shitty, and I think we agree, the reasons behind it are not necessarily bad. They're actually somewhat uh, baked in or steeped in actual facts. So yeah. that's just something to think about as well. Well, it's interesting. Uh, David Rosenberg, Rosenberg Research, in his note this morning, um, was talking about, hey, you know, uh, S&P beat Fitch to this by, you know, 12 years. Yeah. Okay. So, so like, and it really didn't matter that it had a double A plus <clears throat> rating rather than a triple A for all these years. There was a lot of debt that was issued and rates were really low and all that. So I think Peter Bookvar um, had a really good note out though, also over there at the book report, just talking about, Hey, listen, man, you know, with all the debt that's been accumulated and all these sovereign, you know, balance sheets, when, when yields are this high, yeah. you know, it, it can create, this could be a huge headwind to growth. If you think about it, right? And so we just pushed through a couple fiscal, you know, things here or whatever. That's what this Fitch downgrade is all about. The lack of discipline on the fiscal side. Sooner or later, and you've been saying this, like the, the chickens are going to come home to roost. So I think it is a good shot across the bow, you know? And like the fact of the matter is though, guy, if yesterday was the totality of the equity sell-off because of the downgrade, because yeah, of reminder, it's then it's a joke. It's a complete joke. And yeah. that's right. That's the rub. I mean, is this the beginning of something or was yesterday sort of the one day event on the back of this? And we'll get back to normal. We're going to learn a lot more in a few hours when you hear from Apple and Amazon. And you probably talked about this last night on CNBC's Fast Money, five o'clock Eastern. It's time. funny. I wasn't on last night. I wasn't on either. It was your anniversary last night. 26 year you anniversary. Know, and I talked to Linda this morning and I didn't I did not right. wish her a happy anniversary. Good. Yeah, but so we were celebrating our anniversary. I saw the Qualcomm stuff. Now, that's a disaster. Yeah. I mean, if you think about, and it's not just Qualcomm now in a vacuum. I mean, if you go back and listen to what Taiwan Semi said, to a certain extent, what um, Texas Texan said, yeah. Texas Instruments yeah. said, now you can start connecting dots here and say, wait a second. I mean, they're looking at something that the market clearly is not taking taking any heat or any warning shots yeah. on back of i mean well china, markets china, off to its now your really, smh tr trade by the way that's yeah, working out okay working out really nice and that double top that you traded on the back of looks really nice so carter had a, a lot of things to that, be concerned about yesterday so check that out people on worth charting let's go to the s p 500 really quickly here guy because i think this is interesting we're just what a, a two two and a half three percent off of those highs here you know we almost got back to the all-time highs um that 43.50 breakout level from 
August of 2022 that we broke out um, in early June. Um, you know, I, I think a pullback towards those levels would be really healthy. You know, I mean, listen, 4350-ish. But the, the other point is just interesting. Like a week ago, it seemed like the, the narrative had quickly shifted to a no landing scenario. Okay, most strategists who kind of, you know, had been on the wrong side of this said, you know, downgrading their probability of a recession anytime soon, right? Economists have been doing that. Central banks have been doing that. Isn't that when something really kind of usually picks its head up when, when like everybody is all back in the pool. So I kind of really feel like the the more likely outcome um, will be a retest of 4350 or something like that in the not so distant future rather than new highs in the S&P over the next couple of Would months. that be so catastrophic? I think, and I know you're not saying that, yeah. that would actually, again, we've talked about this, that would be a good thing for the broader market. A better thing for the broader market would be continued sell-off, flush out some of the excess and maybe get on some semblance of normalcy going forward into the back half of the year, early next year. That would make a lot of sense. But an unabated move seemingly each day, not only in the broader market, but some of these individual stocks, is not a good thing. But then you then you look at some of these stocks that have reversed course. I mean, the AMD reversal the other day was pretty interesting. Yeah. I mean, I know we talked about that. Stocks do go down as well. And as it turns out, they go down a lot faster than they go up. You know, it's up four and a half percent today. Yeah, today, um, which I think is interesting. We got upgraded. I think uh, I can't remember where somewhere. And again, that's kind of silly if that you know reverses ten percent we'll from see. high to low yesterday, the day after, and it's up five percent today because some brokerage house puts a buy on it. Um, let's do this thing because Thursdays is a big day for you on the market call. You get really excited. Yeah, we have somebody who joins well, we, us. We had every that. Day. What do they call those things again? We dumplings. Yeah, they were good. Yeah, I mean, do they? Do sun. they? In other words, summer fried, summer so, steamed. So we're going to do this for a while. Like when we go back after the show, will they still be edible or do they have yeah. like a shelf life? Yeah, I mean, you're not going to want to leave them for a couple hours and dig into them. Yeah, no, fair. Yeah. Well, hopefully it won't they be that long. They will get congealed. Um, Should we bring Elizabeth Young from, from the SoFi e in? EY from SoFi. Hello, Elizabeth. Hi. I'm thinking about congealed dumplings now. Thanks, yeah. guys. Well, I, I find soup dumplings very tricky to eat. You got you put them on the spoon, and you're supposed to like nibble one little hole out yeah. of it so you can like ah, slurp. Yeah. slurp. Dude, don't do that. <laughs> no, you just jam the whole thing, and you just—it's one bite. Yeah, it's one bite. These dumplings, oh, either um, one bite them or two bites. You guys know, guys looking by me, and he's actually looking at the yeah, dumplings. A whole you table just can't stop. Are. You can't stop. Um, Liz, talk to yeah. us a little bit. Um, you know. Let's talk about what this yield move. Let's just talk about the outright yield move, um, you know, in, in the 10 year. Um, I think mm -hmm. we have a nice mm -hmm. chart here. It's broken out uh, above that downtrend. It's still below the 52 week highs here. Um, you've been talking about the re-steepening, the 210 and what that means. Um, what do you think of the reaction in the stock market just with this move in general over the last couple of days? It's not just that stocks sold off a little bit. We're also th seeing things like utilities. The XLU is down 2% today. I mean, things that, you know, normally would do well in a low rate environment, right? Um, uh, the I, uh, what is it? The XHB, the home builders getting mm -hmm. killed today. And it seems like, again, th they've enjoyed really nice gains. So it's mm -hmm. an excuse to sell. Give us your take here. And then also, uh, I'm not asking you to comment specifically about Bill Ackman and his shorting of the 30-year and his long puts or, you know, whatever the hell in some kind of <laughs> options format. What do you think about him coming out now saying it after we've had this big move? But let's start with that. So his his move or his statement, I think, had more to do probably with inflation, the expectation that inflation is going to either go higher or stay higher. Break-evens have moved up 
uh, particularly the five-year break-evens, have moved up about 15 bips over the last couple of weeks. Uh, the two-year break-evens have moved up about 10 bips over the last couple of weeks. And it is already sort of priced in it to the market that we're going to have an uptick in inflation. I don't think that it's rocket science to say that inflation might rise a little from here, partially because the base effects, right? The, the peak is mm -hmm. now behind us year over year. And partially because if you watch the commodity complex at all, it would make sense that we see a little uptick in inflation. So, you know, I don't think it's an earth shattering call. Would I do it in my own portfolio? I can answer that pretty directly because today, and I did not do this because he came out and said anything. In fact, I, I hadn't even really seen it until after I did this, but I today added to my 10 year treasury position long, not short, <laughs> uh, and rolled a six month T-bill and increased that position. So I'm barbelled on the curve but long the whole thing. So um, that's more, I think, of a, a likelihood trade. And I think if you look out, let's say six months to a year, the likelihood in my head that rates come down rather than go up is higher. So I would expect that inflation continues to come down, but I also expect that the Fed is going to have to signal that they are either normalizing policy or cutting rates in reaction to something precarious that's going on. Um, so anyway, that's that's my statement on the Ackman thing. One of us will be right. One of us will be wrong. Right. I'm long the curve. He wants to be short the curve. I understand. Let's put up that uh, 10 year yield chart and you're going to see we're going to get we're going to approach the levels we saw in October. And that was about four and a quarter percent. The flip side of that would obviously be a TLT chart, which is trading down two handles today, which is pretty significant. Ninety five ish. And that low in October was probably 91 and change. So we're going to have, and again, you know, th this is what it's going to come down to. We're going to have this short-term double top at four and a quarter, or we're going to go blowing through it. Now, if we go blowing through it, in other words, if yields continue to go higher, that the equity market's not going to like that because my sense is that re-steepening of the yield curve is only going to be accelerated, Elizabeth. So we're going to go from, I don't know, we're about 80 or so basis points now It'll be at 4550 in a blink of an eye. And that's something you've been worried about before you say, I know, Dan, you yeah, had let's this just pull up it. that TLT. Yeah, I think it was yesterday at this time uh, when the TLT was 97, Liz. I was buying the September um, 97 calls, paying about $2.35. So, you know, again, risking 2.5% or something like that. I, I see what Guy sees. I see the potential for a move back towards if we get above four and a quarter. I think the 10, the, the, the TLT, which tracks the 20 year, okay, but it's directionally, it's the same sort of thing you're going to have this thing back in the low 90s so like you know the risk reward um playing for a move back above 100 i, I just kind of like doing it with defined risk i think you're looking about a, a, a bit longer here liz on this trade right so for me I, I think we probably get a snap back pretty quickly but um i also agree with you on the longer term i think yields come down lower yeah, I'm playing this in a at least six month period. Also, I'm at shorter maturities than this, right? I'm I'm ten and below, um, and that's mostly because of the inversion and now the re-steepening that we're seeing. And I think one of the things that's important, well, two things that are important. We talked about a chart that I posted a few weeks ago. We talked about it multiple times, and Dan, you were kind enough to highlight it on Fast Money one night as well. Oh, yeah. The idea that stock valuations had moved up in a period when yields continued to move up or it had already moved up and at least stayed high, that's not the way that that relationship normally works. So over the last week or so, as you've seen 10-year yields rise and stocks go down, that's how that relationship usually works. So there's some normalization in just the, the relationships that are in the market where it's functioning maybe as it should a little bit better. And I do think it's healthy to give off some of the PE multiple expansion that we've seen in the S&P 
over this last couple months because it's just at unhealthy levels. The other thing that's important now, I, I tweeted about the re-steepening that's happened over the last week, 30 basis points of re-steepening. We're mm -hmm. at what, 71 bips from the twos tens right now. That is a huge move. Also important to note that it's a bear steepener, not a bull steepener. So that means that the long end is rising faster. Bull steepener would be the short end falling, right. and that's how the gap closes. That's not what's happening. This is a bear steepener. So this is, I think, one of the things that we've talked about many, many times. It could turn out to be a head fake. It could be something where it re-steepens and it goes back down and it's no big deal or it doesn't wreak havoc on markets. But it is important to note that it's moved pretty quickly that it's a bear steepener, and that stocks are down around the same time. So I think that this is a really important relationship to watch. And it could be, I'm not saying it is, but it could be the beginning of what we've all been fearing for a while. It absolutely could be. I mean, you've been talking about this for months, and we've been you know, dancing around it for quite some time. I am surprised by how quickly tenure yields have moved higher, but they're moving higher for the wrong reason. I mean, they're not moving higher because things have gotten themselves better here in terms of the economy. They're moving higher because there's a clear concern that inflation is still a problem. And the bond markets, I mean, again, 10, 15 basis points moves. We're back to where we were six, seven, eight months ago in terms of bond moves, Dan. Yeah, so I guess in Ackman's tweet, Liz, he was mentioning the fact that he thinks that the Fed is going to reorient this inflation target higher, right? We've been talking about this, I feel like, for weeks now and you know the likelihood of that happening. But like when you look at some of the inflationary readings in places – like China, okay, um, you know, you say to yourself, how quickly could we get to a deflationary sort of spiral? And if all this AI stuff is working on the productivity front and everything like that, I mean, like, that's the thing to me, you know, I go back to that whole notion of transitory in 2021. Of course, it was going to be transitory unless, I mean, the very low probability chance that we were going to have, you know, this sort of like, like pandemic, supply chain, deglobalization, inflation worked into our a global economy for good. I just didn't think that was going to happen, right? And so mm -hmm. I don't know, man. Like, like, like if they say three percent is the new two percent, you know what I mean? Like, and then let's just say growth slows dramatically. Well, yields are going to come down. You know what I mean? Right. And then if we have, right. you know, so I don't know. What do I know? Well, I think I think it's the interpretation. I believe we talked about this last week a little bit. First of all, I find it unlikely that the Fed's going to come out and say, you know what, forget about two percent. Let's make mm -hmm. it two point five. But even if they did, or if they signal that they would be comfortable with something that's meaningfully above 2%, I think it could be received as, we don't know how to fix this anymore. Right. We don't have the right tools. Right, right. The system is broken. And that's not a good message for markets to receive, in which case I think yields would fall because recession fear would rise. So I'm, I'm not in the camp that I think yields are going to go that much higher from here. That doesn't mean I think they're going to fall tomorrow, but I don't think that they're going to go that much higher. Or if they do, it'll be brief, and then they come back down. Home builders have had quite a run. I mean, I'm not looking to trade these things, but just pointing out that for the first time in a while, Dan, they're showing some sort of weakness uh, in what today at least is a pretty you know benign type of market. It's just something to take a look at. You know, we'll put up the the ETF. I think it's the I want to say the ITB. The, this is, is the ITB, one. the yeah. first one. Yeah. I mean, you could see. Again, we're still in a very steep uptrend. We've talked about this for a while. Again, supply-demand fundamentals absolutely in place. I'm not saying it's broken yet. However, you could see a pullback to the trend line and still have this thing intact. So I think it's just something to keep in mind. Uh, no doubt about it. Liz, let's talk about this because there's been, um, you know, I get lots of texts. You probably get lots of emails, texts about the same thing and like, you know, 
people throwing in the towel, that sort of thing, right? If you kind of stuck to your bearish call, and I'm not saying you, you know, like I think that one of the interesting things about your um, process as a strategist, you never have like one call about the stock market, right? You're looking at a whole host um, of different sectors. I know you don't look at individual names, so you're never like flat out out of the stock market. We've talked about this, I think now for two years, um, on the market call with you and on the tape when you join us. But let's talk a little bit about strategy calls. I, I think it was interesting that in your note on the SoFi blog today, you were talking about this a little bit. Why did you choose to talk about this, or at least starting out your commentary um, this week about it? Because are you starting to see some of your peers kind of throw in the towel a little bit, right? As we were probably, you know, like uh, within, as Guy says, a whisper mm. of the prior all-time highs? Yeah, well, yes, I think a lot of people have thrown in the towel. I wrote about this because, and th so the title of it is, is Too Early or, or Too Wrong. Right, before you start, and I appreciate that, um, you obviously are an educated individual. So you understand that in the English language, there's the word too, T O. There's also the word too, T O O. And then obviously there's a the number. What mystifies me, I mean, it's one thing if you're, you know, six years old and you have difficulties yeah. with that sort of knowing you're left from right. I mean, it happens yeah. when you're in your late fifties and still <laughs> struggle with this. It's a fucking problem. And there's some of you out there that are dealing with it. I apologize for that <laughs> um, without getting into names, but you really need to reevaluate yourself, your life, what you've accomplished or have not accomplished to this point. If you still don't know the difference between T O and T O O. Please, Elizabeth, continue. Yeah, that one triggers you. I get more triggered by there, 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 and yep, your. Yeah, that's a trigger as well. <laughs> Anywho, um, I wrote about this this week because as you watch people throw in the towel, they still get criticized. So the beginning of this piece is basically to point out there's always going to be somebody who tells you that you're wrong. There's always going to be somebody who tells you that you're too early or too late. And even as people have done what it sounded like the masses wanted them to do. So let's take Mike Wilson, for example. If he were to throw in the towel, it seems like there are so many people out there that have been telling him he's wrong and he should become a bull for a long time. If he actually did that, there would be just as many people criticizing right. him for doing so. So the whole point of this is that we make calls as strategists. We make calls directionally as best we can. And we constantly get accused of being either right or wrong, digging in our heels, following the herd, not having conviction, being too stubborn, whatever it is, you can't win, right? So the best you can do is try to remove yourself from it, decide whether or not your stance still has data to support it, or if there's some kind of instinct in you that's telling you you just are a little bit too early on it then hold the line because you're not going to win either way. So that was what the beginning of this was. It was just a statement to kind of highlight to everybody. It doesn't matter what the call is. Somebody's still going to tell me that I'm wrong, right? And then the rest of it was more so along the lines of, let's just take more of a big picture view. There's a chart that I put in there. I mentioned it on Closing Bell last night. I put the chart in there today. Basically, the P-E ratio, a scatter plot of the P-E ratio mm. and forward returns. This is a very, very simple concept valuations are a terrible, terrible timing mechanism. You can't look at valuations and say, this tells me whether or not I should buy the stock today. But what it does usually do a pretty good job of foreshadowing is what the forward returns would be over a long-term period. So if you expect, if you're a long-term investor and you just sit there and say, you know what, I shouldn't try to play this because 7% per year is pretty good and that's the average. If you expect that, where we are right now, 
at almost 20 times forward earnings suggests that the next 10 years we'll see 3.6% average annual returns. That's pretty bad. That's below average. I do not want 3.6% annual returns for the next 10 years, which means a pullback and a normalization, some kind of right-sizing of valuations here would actually be healthy for right. everybody. It would be a better entry point. It would be a healthier, optimistic outlook on the next 10 years. And that's really one of the only things that matters here. Price still matters. How much you pay for stocks matters, especially in an environment where the yield curve looks like it does. Real quick, credit spreads and volatility. Again, I've said for a long time, not suggesting I'm right, but the put in the for the Federal Reserve does not come in the form of the S&P 500. If, in fact, there is one, it's probably... 3,800 ish, which is light years from where we are now. It's going to come in the form of the unemployment rate, somewhere between four and a half, five percent, which we're nowhere near, or the credit market starting to sort of seize up. And I think this is an interesting thing to take a look at credit spreads and volatility. Yeah, because these are these are the litmus test. These are the things that you look at and say, all right, do we smell any volatility coming? Do we do we smell fear? So far this year, no, right? And if you think of where, where does the VIX usually spike to in volatile times or in crises? It's up near 40, definitely above 20, usually up near 40 for a brief period. We've been below 20 since all the regional banking stuff. We've been kind of between 13 and 18, which tells me the VIX is asleep at the wheel, but it also isn't telling you that there's a lot of fear out there. Credit spreads as well. High yield spreads get above a thousand basis points in times of stress. They haven't moved much below, or I'm sorry, much above 550 and even 515 for a lot of this period. So it's not there in a signal right now. There's nothing there. But the thing about a spike is that you don't really see it coming and it spikes up so quickly that you can't catch it. It also usually falls pretty quickly afterwards. But so far, these normal indicators of fear, of volatility, of a credit event that we all keep talking about, and that actually the yield curve calls for, the yield curve is telling us there should be a credit event, yet nothing doing right it's like again watching a pot boil and the water is still pretty lukewarm you know it's interesting dan's got a, a comment too but i'm reading the comments and people and this just sort of goes back to what you said at the beginning of your note people are saying we've been saying this since february and so what should we do instead of saying it we should pretend it's not going on <laughs> and then people say well why the fuck didn't you tell us this was happening so <laughs> your point about not being able to win mm -hmm. that's exactly right you know, you're trying to point out all the things that we see that we're concerned about, but it hasn't come to fruition in the form of the broader market. Yet if you said nothing and it happens, where were you guys asleep at the switch? It's a mm -hmm. tough game. It's anyway, a, sorry, it's, Dan. It's a tough game. Um, mm -hmm. We're here to play it, though, guy. Yeah, Every day we show up, we about. strap on, we get in there, we do it. Um, all right, let's do this because it's Thursday and it would be time for. All right, so I know Dan wants to set this up because we clip it. Yeah, we do. But I'm going to say it before we clip it. Okay, go ahead. All right, so you ready, people? Yeah. Just in the chat, because I enjoy this. Yeah. It ain't margarine. It's butters, bitch. For you, what was that? Who's that Britney person, right? Doesn't that what she says? It's no Britney, idea. bitch. Britney Spears. Yeah. She, yeah. she wants to laugh, but you're trying not to because you want to make it professional. <laughs> well, I thought we weren't supposed to swear no, on the I stuff that we not dance, we do it the right way. Sorry. Okay. All right. So if it's Thursday... On the market call, we get a preview of John Butters. He is the senior earnings insight yeah, analyst. Is. His blog post that drops every Friday morning on the Fact Set blog, but he gives us a preview 
on Thursday, guy, and we get to look at it. We get to talk about it with Liz. And I think it's interesting. Obviously, he's tracking a whole host of data um, as we work through Q2 earnings here. Um, and he's looking at the uh, EPS beat rate right. for the S&P 500. Okay, so 81% of the S&P 500 companies have beaten the EPS to date for Q2 2023. The percentage is higher than the five-year average of 77% and the 10-year average of 73%. The information tech space 94 percent and consumer staples at 91 have the highest beat percentages to date so i think this is um pretty interesting liz you know we know that that earnings have come down over the first half of the year and butters also tracks that data too so we're we're basically um beating lowered eps estimates is this data um important to you at this stage of earnings is it a bit backward looking i know that you know Fewer companies these days are giving forward guidance than I think they were pre-pandemic or so, but it really comes down to the current period that we're in Q3 and what expectations are for Q4. Okay, so the expectations for this quarter's earnings year over year are negative 7% mm -hmm. growth. We are tracking toward negative 7% growth year over year, yet everybody's like, but we're beating, it's great. Mm -hmm. What, we're, be we're beating negative 7%. That's not great. This is actually the lowest growth that we've seen. Anyway, um, so I, there's just something intellectually not quite adding up there for me. Do you have the same statement about revenues? If you do, if you don't, that's fine. We can I can cover it kind of vaguely. But I'm going to give Guy some props here. Maybe, maybe maybe even myself, like one, one prop. I'll give you most of the props and then myself one prop. One of the things that we've talked about is not so much focusing on the earnings, focus on the revenue. And the number of companies beating on revenues, I believe, is still below average this quarter. As inflation falls, revenue falls. That is exactly what's happening. And if you look at the expectations, not this quarter, but next quarter and beyond, they are actually calling for quite a bit of margin expansion without really strong revenue growth. I'm confused about how that's going to occur unless companies are going to cut more costs because although demand is still strong, I don't know that it's necessarily rising. And if inflation is falling and demand is even held steady, that means revenue continues to fall and margins contract unless there's more cost cutting. Where can we cut costs? Probably cutting people, yeah. in which case unemployment is a problem. Mm -hmm. So some of this just isn't quite making sense so, to me out 12 months we made this point uh guy as amd was reporting on tuesday after the close i'm looking at expectations for gross margins uh, uh you know to be up one percentage point this current quarter two percentage points so this is sequentially and I'm looking at the revenue guide that they just gave, which their midpoint, um, the guidance was basically below, uh, you know, the, the midpoint was below consensus. So, I, I you know, to me, I, I was confounded by the same thing. Guy, I just want to kind of get to, to Liz's point, and this is a, another point that Butters makes in his note. He said, however, mm -hmm. the market is rewarding positive EPIS prices less than average today. S&P 500 companies that have beaten EPS have only seen a 0.1% price increase, the percentage is below the five-year average of 1%, okay? So I think that is interesting. So the market is treating these beats differently. To, to Liz's point, maybe it is intellectually a little dishonest because we're going to be down 7% um, year over year, the lowest Q2 uh, drop, I think, in three years or something like that. They're beating lowered expectations yeah. Yeah. and they're not being rewarded yeah. for it, which actually makes sense. So, I mean, th these are all the things you have to start to look at. And it's interesting, again, just going back to AMD quickly, August of last year, AMD was a $90, either side of $90, yeah. okay? The other day when they reported it closed, I think at 117 So it's a significantly higher than it was. Revenues year over year were down 18%. So 
So the stock was higher by about, I don't know, 24%. Revenues were 18% lower year over year. Something doesn't add up. And oh, by the way, operating margins, which were 30% last year, this quarter, were about 18 or so percent. Again, I understand different comps, but just something to sort of think about. So what are they being rewarded for? All the hopium that's out there. And that's part of it. But if you listen to Qualcomm, Texas Instruments, if you listen to what Taiwan Taiwan Semi said, I mean, yes, AI is here. It's not going anywhere, but some of the expectations are way over So in 20 days, on August 23rd, NVIDIA, we're going to have NVIDIA and Snowflake. It's going to be AI day. It's going to be either put a pin in this little bubble here, given Uh, what these companies guide to. All right, Liz Young, we appreciate your time on the market call on Thursdays. You will be back with us, with Guy and myself, Monday morning on On The Tape podcast. Can't wait for that. So have a great weekend. We appreciate your contribution, Liz. No, it's fun about that. We talk about, like Elizabeth, what'd you do over the weekend and those types of things. Yeah, we do, dude. Like she went boating. check it out. She went boating this past week. All right, guys, let's let's. She sent us a picture of like a horizon. She did. How do we even know she's on that boat? That could she could have screen. What do they call when you screen grab something? Screen grab it. So um, let's do some stuff because crazy. This is actually a a, a big day in the market. You said not a whole heck of a lot is going on right now. If you look at the S and P, which is basically dead flat here. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but after the close, we have Apple. Okay. Apple, the implied move, which I think is really interesting. It's just a little over 3% in either direction. Okay. That's $3 trillion market cap company. We know they have a lot of exposure to China. Going back to what you said about Taiwan Semi. Okay. Apple is one of their biggest customers. They told us smartphones are weak. They told us PCs are weak. Um, if you look at, you know, Texas exposure is a little different. Um, but again, I, I just, I, I don't know. Um, how you could get too geeked up about this thing just a few percent off of its all-time highs. I'm looking at the options here. And again, if I said the implied move is 3%, the at-the-money put or call is a half of that. It's 1.5%. So if you want to take a shot on this thing and, and define your risk, it's not costing you a whole heck of a lot. Look at this chart, okay? And Carter went through this yesterday. I mean, look at that 45-degree angle. Mm-hmm. It's gained more than a trillion dollars in market cap off its lows from January. It's 52-week lows in January of this year, people. Okay, we're only in the, what, eighth month of the year. And it just broke that uh, uptrend that's been in place. You look at that 176 level guy you've been talking that's about. That's a prior that. all-time high. I don't know, man. I mean, like, listen, when I say also using options to kind of play it, a one-day move is a really hard way to make money because let's say it goes down three percent or whatever you'll make a little money if it goes down one percent you're gonna lose a lot of money you know like you're gonna lose all your premium so you almost have to look out to september expiration if you want to do something here i'm probably inclined to buy some puts here buy a put spread maybe or something like that you look at the moving average apple does mean revert like a lot of things it probably comes in somewhere around 160 ish or so would that be so catastrophic remember we're talking about a stock that started this year having moved from about 175-ish down to 125 over the course of a couple months. Nobody seems to want to remember that or acknowledge it, but it does move. I mean, that was a 30-something percent move in a short period of time. Now the stock has gone from the aforementioned 120 to basically $200, which again is a pretty significant move. I mean, that's more than a 50% or so move, which is great if you're long the stock, but you think it's going to be unabated to the upside? And this looks to me like, 
Is that a, is that that hungry alligator thing yeah, or my? Bit. It's a little bit. You know why no. it's a you know why it's know. a hungry alligator? Not really sure. No, I'll tell you why. Because that is the the thing right below the uptrend line. That's yeah. like its teeth. Right. That's the that's the thing that's gonna collapse. Oh, I thought it, it looked familiar yes, to me. That's the hungry alligator. And sometimes though, when you have the hungry alligator and you have the moving average inside of the mouth. Oh, that's bad. Well, it is bad because I think the break is going to be that much harder yeah. once it goes through, and and then the the that was the, a the moving average. No, is the, the the moving average is like the tongue. Uh huh. That's All right. So let's go. To, learn let, let's go to Amazon here. Um, and, and, and learn you know, a lot here. You know what? Call. And Carter is just rolling his eye. He's not watching right now. But How do you know? He might be. He could be. He might be like one of those people in the chat room, like with a pseudonym. Pseudonym. He's got all right. So we got a six and a half percent implied move for Amazon today. Wow. And we talked about it last night a little bit. We don't have to go into too much detail here. I mean, AWS is in focus, but the you know, the expectations for AWS growth are not high. Well, okay? they continue. I mean, the growth continues to slow. Yeah. It's well, still they still have growth. Microsoft and Google, yeah. and um, but it's in the low teens right now, you know, down from let's say 40% a year ago. Um, you know, I, I'm not too hot on on retail. I know that they did have their prime day um guy in uh in july but that doesn't really help them there okay like if you think about that so um you know maybe there's a push out in some demand i don't know i i just I, i'm not a buyer of this one i know that he says he kind of likes it he thinks it's consolidating here that's just on a technical basis i don't like it from a fundamental standpoint it's interesting because with amazon i have no i've no i mean i typically have no clue more so with amazon because if they decide this is a quarter where operating margins right. are going to be their thing they'll they'll pull that lever and they'll have great operating margins stock goes up eight percent if they decide it's a quarter where they're going to announce a big spend people are going to hate that the stock goes down i have no idea what this quarter is going to be and if you look at it and we talked about it yesterday if you back out from May of 2020 until May of 2022, that huge ramp to the upside and the script's going to move back. I mean, the stock has effectively gone sideways for years. So it's vacillated, but it's probably no, as Carter said yesterday, it's no better off today than it was four or five years ago. Yeah, no, that's a good point also in that Andy Jazzy, you know, the CEO of this company, um, you know, he's actually getting increasing pressure on him. Um, you're seeing this from... Um, you know, I'm seeing it in some tech publications, the talk of, you know, just the relative underperformance of this stock to many of its, um, you know, mega cap tech peers. Um, he, I think he took over, what, two years ago, the summer of 21. Okay. So he's only the second CEO of this company taking over from Bezos. I mean, sooner or later, yeah, you might want to play around with those, uh, the ways in which you can affect the operating margins a little bit. We know they've been cutting a lot of costs here. So I'm with you. Let's, let's see what they put up. Let's see what the reaction is. Um, but Apple, you know, just going back to this one lastly, this is the one that I'd probably be inclined to just to find my risk and buy and have the money put on. And I might do that um, by the end of the day. But make, make no mistake, people, when you're doing that. I mean, like, what did we just say to you? It's 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 a coin flip. And when you're using <laughs> Amazon options premium, though, also, I'm just trying to make the point that, you know, you, you are risking what you're willing to lose. Like, it's that simple. Well, that's why. Listen. There's a defined risk pretty much with every, if you buy something, it can only go to zero. So in that sense, it's yeah. a defined risk, right? So I understand the terminology. What you're saying is in terms of options specifically, yeah. you can lose what you basically spent to buy the options. Very quickly. And you Very can actually quickly. you can actually get the direction right with yeah. a one day option, okay? And Theta bleed. Well, you just in in you know you're not going to earn it out. Should um, we look at that SMH uh, chart that oh, yeah. trade that you did? Because it's actually 
I mean, that worked out extraordinary in a very short period of time. Yeah. I, I guess when, when I was talking about this early last week, I'd like, I, I literally did say uncle. So going back to Liz's note, I, I like, like threw in the towel in NVIDIA and it was stupid. I have said it on the show many, many times. I was like a moth to flame in this and in Tesla. Okay. And, um, you know, it didn't work out. I lost a lot of money in both of them. I was telling you guys that every day. Um, I was doing it with options. I wasn't naked short um, either one of those stocks. Um, but I did switch my bearish view in nvidia to the smh because based on what we heard from taiwan semi okay and texas instruments i know that we sound like a broken record here i just don't see how that one stock is going to be able to hold up this entire sector so that one is interesting i was long the 159 puts uh, it was solidly in the money i kind of rolled them yesterday afternoon to the 153 puts okay um in september okay so i'm going to catch that nvidia earnings so part of that is, is i had more than a double on my initial trade i took that premium off and then i used the same amount of premium for the at the money puts um, at a lower strike. Okay. So I'm just risking less if this thing were to rocket back up. So basically rolling down and out as they say, all right, guys, let's just hit a couple names that are moving big today after earnings. Um, and I want to hit, uh, PayPal and Expedia, because I think these are two really interesting companies. They obviously were, you know, one of them was a huge beneficiary during the pandemic. One of them was a huge beneficiary after the pandemic, right? The pent up demand. Both of these companies actually are very high gross margin companies. They both trade really cheap to the peers and to the market. They definitely have some headwinds right now. The stocks are getting creamed. Let's look at PayPal right here. And this is one that was my final call on uh, Fast Money the other night, I think on Tuesday, but I said, if you're gonna buy this thing, I would do it with defined risk. I'd buy the calls. They look relatively cheap. Well, you know what? The the, the headwinds to their you know uh, margins are, are not mm -hmm. payment margins are, are, are there, guy. They're meaningful. Um, so when you look at this thing, you know, how do I, why do I wanna buy this one piece of crap? Like basically is the question I have for you. Will they get, will they turn this thing around anytime soon here? Because there's a lot of competition, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot the of competition. Market. I mean, without question, it's funny. We go back to this all the time. The beginning of the end of PayPal was yeah. a miserable quarter about a year and a half or so now my timing is off I, I think then, it was almost two years ago then the pinterest yeah. the alleged interest in pinterest came out and that was it that was sort of the last straw because the market said you're looking to buy growth clearly things are slowing down we are no longer going to reward you for what was the pole position and the stock has been has, has not been able to recover to answer your question i get it gets to a point where it becomes a valuable asset at a reasonable valuation i just don't think we're here yet. Yeah. All right. And then let's look at uh, Expedia because, again, and it's really like this is just a slowdown in travel. And if you think about it, I mean, there was obviously a shit ton of pent up demand. Uh, it's a financial term. It is a financial term. So here we are. We're breaking 100 bucks. This thing's down, what, 16, 17% here. It's a really cheap stock. Guy, this trades about 10 times earnings. Yep. It's got 85% gross margins. Expected to grow earnings and sales this year and next double digits, just less than expected. I just don't understand how cheap this stock is. But I'll just tell you this. If you have this thing, you know, somewhere down, let's say you get some follow through tomorrow, guy, you have this thing, you know, you know, I don't know, getting getting towards, you know, the mid 80s or something. I think you buy it and close your eyes. All right. So here we are, Expedia, right down. What is it down? Like 20% today? Yeah, ish. Yeah. Ish. All right, whatever it is. We're right at the moving average. It's already traded 10 million shares, which is four times normal volume, and it's 130. So it's en route to trading probably, I don't know, not eight, nine times normal volume by the end of the day. This could be one of those capitulation days yeah. to the downside, stopping at the moving average. 
So if you're looking to trade it from the long side, see where it closes. Then again, getting back to that defined risk, I think you know what your risk reward is here. So that's how I look at today. 90, Given the 90, volume, ninety would be the level. That's probably you look right. At that consolidation that you had in March, mm -hmm. April, May, and then the breakout. But that's a great example of like you know, look at the volatility in the stock. In January, it was just off the races. It was a YOLO market. Then it basically came back YOLO. round trip, round trip the whole move. And it consolidated down there. And then we got back into this YOLO market, right? And then now we're like round tripping it. So 90 bucks, that would be the level. Just let's go real quickly, go look at this Jets guy because this is the ETF that tracks the airlines. I think it's interesting. Some some of the components act horrible. Southwest, JetBlue, um, Delta and uh, United act better than those. American mm -hmm. is not doing particularly great here. So the Jets coming off those highs, I think is interesting. And then the other one to keep an eye on is Airbnb, right? So, um, you know, uh, Expedia has Verbo, which is an Airbnb competitor, but this one had a huge run, got to about a hundred billion dollar uh, market cap, and now it's pulling back a little bit. So, um, all right. So, Paul, I don't know if we can do if Jacob can do this on sure the fly. I apologize, but if you could do a Delta chart and go back like three or four years, and this is something we talked about on Fast Money for a while, we thought. I mean, I think Tim thought I thought we could probably get back to the levels we saw in the summer. 2021 in terms of delta i think it was 48 or so bucks if you look at this chart i think i'm looking at the right chart that's effectively sort of what happened so we got to those levels it stalled now we're doing the back and fill the question you have to ask yourself where do you get back in delta and i will tell you probably comes in the form of around 39 and a half 40 which is what about 10 percent from where we're currently mm -hmm. trading and that's how you trade these stocks delta has been a great stock to trade for quite some time so and I think that's how it shakes itself out. What, what do you think of, um, you know, like a JetBlue in a level? If they could pull up JB. I got to look at that. So to, to look at this one, I mean, it's really interesting. Um, when you think about it, it's got a $4 billion enterprise value. They were an acquirer. They were trying to buy our spirit, spirit right? And spirit and, and So it's interesting. So they got nearly $2 billion in cash, um, like $3.7 billion in debt so that gets you to a 4.1 look at this thing guy i mean this thing is just down that's no out. bueno how, how has this not become a takeout uh, candidate i know there's a lot i can't of speak to their balance going. sheet and i can't speak to their roots that they service and but they just, just opened but, up but at a certain you know, point a i mean this is going to be one of the this can be one of those stocks that turns into one of these meme things and everybody sort of wraps their head around big short interest blah 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 we're probably not there yet but you could absolutely see JetBlue being added to the list of these stocks that the whole Reddit crowd wraps their arms around. Well, and I'm not, it doesn't even need to be that. It could just be that here's a company that is gap profitable, okay, after a few years of, of negative profitability. Um, this year, their revenues are expected to be up 8%, 6% next year. Um, I mean, to me, I don't know. This seems, seems like a kind of cheap-ish stock if you will that probably has a, a little bit of a, a takeover potential there all right is that it did we it do for this? me we got a lot we got so, a lot we got a lot liz young did some heavy lifting today she's the best when doesn't she do and that? butters if it ain't it ain't margarine yeah we got you and then it ain't margarine yeah i just love it's saying just, it's just butters you know I, I tell you what i think britney spears gets a bad i don't know her yeah i think just she gets a bad i think she's out there she's fine there are a lot of, you know, some of the most talented people in the world. You are know what? Out Can there. I tell you something? This Taylor Swift, okay? She's literally like 100 times more talented than Britney Spears ever was. Taylor Swift. Yeah. Um, let's do this. Let's tease on Monday. What do you you what do you and I do with Market At Call? noon on Mondays, yeah. Yeah. we make our way to 1221 Avenue of the Americas, which is ridiculous. It's 6th Avenue. Who decided yeah. to call it Avenue of the Americas? It's dumb. Yeah. 1221 6th Avenue. Right next door to Fox News, as it turns right, out. That, that's those are, and place. that's the home of what? 
Sirius Satellite Radio, yeah. Sirius XM. Sirius XM At New- Business Radio 132. Yeah, so Give us your radio voice. Sirius XM 132. Oh, man. And we usually start with a song of my choice, although this week we started with a Food Fighters song that Dan food likes. Fighters. Food That's what fighters. I said. These days. These days, which is just a one great song, days, one of my favorite songs ever. Drop beneath but your feet. Then we'll come in a lot of Zeppelin on the show, Zepp. but we take calls. We do take calls. So a few people out there that love to troll the shit out of us. And oh, by yeah. the way, there are a lot of great comments here, too. I love everybody. I really I get a kick out of it. Call us up. I'll engage. I mean, I'm 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 Just all keep about it. Clean. It. Keep it clean. Do, do you even have to keep it clean? Yeah. Oh. I mean, if you want to come at me, come at me. Don't come after family members. Don't come after EY from SoFi. Come after me if you want come to. It's just guys. fine. I'm well, a- and you just doxed yourself, so they know we're going to be walking out at 1 p.m. I have too. no problem with that. Well, they know where you are every day at 5 o'clock. I'm, I'll probably be out there around 1.15-ish. We had a, I'd be easy to you, whack you, uh, because I'm something? a creature of So, habit. Guy, I didn't tell you this. So, on Tuesday when we were at the NASDAQ, we're on the ground floor. What is, we, we, I want to hear the story. What is this docs when people say? I mean, it's like if you give somebody's address. Does that mean like document? Is it short for documented? Doc docs? No, it's just doxing. So it's an doxing. X, not a C. Okay, I don't know. Um, I, I really don't know where. So it comes on Tuesday, from. as we're getting ready to go on at five o'clock, we're getting situated, getting our computers. You got little makeup on, and everything. Yeah, we're sitting sure. out there, and some guy who obviously had some some like mental health issues. He was deranged. Did you? He was throwing. Seemed things a little at, agitated. He was very agitated. He kept on pointing at me and you. Like he did not like the look of us. How do you know it was me? Well, Maybe I, he was pointing I, at me. And so, and he took a plant out of a planter sure in Times Square and threw it at our window. This is right at four fifty nine, right? This was all going right before on before the show goes. And so, when I walked out of there, okay, when the show's over at six, I go to the subway. I'm going in. He's right there. I no didn't tell kidding. you this. He was right in the stairwell down there, and I was wondering you if you recognized him. No, I did not oh. talk. Oh. Sometimes you just got to talk to people. Maybe, maybe it was agitated. Well, I'm talking to you right now. I, I, do I seem agitated? Something. Not at all. So fun. Yeah, it was Be like We should, I want, give us some feedback on our desks. Nice, right? And by the way, we do a- We're changing this stuff We up, do a so podcast. We call it the On The Tape Podcast. Correct, with Danny Moses. If you leave a review, take a snapshot or a- So leave a review in a podcast store. It's your favorite podcast take store. Take a screenshot of it. Take a screenshot of the review- Email and then it send it to Amanda, who gets contact, inundated with shit. Contact at riskreversal.com. Put it in, can we put it in the show notes? And then Amanda will send you a tricked out. And we're going to get market call ones. Right a now, what? we only have the on-the-tape ones. A what did you say? Tricked out water bottle with the Risk Reversal logo. And tricked the out. Tape. Yeah, and we're going to have market call that. ones. Yeah. So those. So I started the show talking about the, the uh, what do they call dumplings, those things? Dumplings. Yeah. You're going to go have some more. Well, they're still there. They still seem to be. Let's go. Let's but I can't it. believe they'd be good for my. Say, say goodbye to everybody. Let's say goodbye it. to everybody. Yeah. Say goodnight, Gracie. I want to thank our sponsors, SoFi, Dan. Get your money right all in one app. And, of course, FactSet, financial data and analytics powered by. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, we're not here. No. Because tomorrow's Friday. Unless something. I'm going to be on my FactSet tomorrow. All Weird day. happens. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank Elizabeth Young, yep. who joined us from the East. Fabulous. And, of course, Butters, who even – it's amazing. Even when but, – Butters is like the shark in Jaws. Yeah. You don't see him for a while, but he scares the shit out of you. Yeah. Then he appears out of nowhere. Yeah, that's the whole point. It's beautiful, isn't yeah. it? All right. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. See you, man. Dan wants out. We'll wants see you on Monday. See you later. Bye. 